does your clap. So you're welcome. Perfect. <laughs> welcome to It Sounded Like a Good Idea at the Time, the weekly podcast where when the weather dips below 80 degrees, we pull out our fashion sweatshirts. That's right. And we are so glad that you joined us today, hopefully appropriately clad like we are. My name uh, is Caroline. And I'm Hannah. And we're so glad you joined us today. Yes. Thank you for coming um, to your phone or car or wherever <laughs> you're getting podcast time. Um I'll just tell you right off the bat, I don't know if this episode is one that you're going to want to listen to around kids. I don't feel like either one of us are going to want to hold back. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Um, but if you don't care, go for it. That's great. Everybody's different. Uh, I don't quite know how to label episodes as, I don't know, like potentially PG-13. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know that this one will be like inappropriate per se, but definitely no, like a, mature yeah. content. Right, exactly. There might be cussing. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Good one. Okay. Cool. Um, but yeah, before we get into that, because <laughs> uh, we're feeling hot and we're ready to come for this today. Oh my gosh. Yes. But before we get into our topic, our good idea topic, um, I wanted to say regarding last week's episode, um, we got a lot of feedback on this episode. Our friend Lindsay was um, messaging me saying that she agreed with me. So, and then, um, name one thing. <laughs> and then Elizabeth said that, and I quote, when I, when Hannah said finishing Truly's to pick up pumpkin beers, I felt seen. So, you know what, Elizabeth, we are in this and oh <laughs> it's going to be you fine. You guys are ridiculous. Diet Dr. Pepper is year round. So and, uh, if you would all like to bucket. visit the website, I've got a lovely picture of Caroline up um, <laughs> with literally two Diet Dr. Peppers in her hand at bottles, not even cans in her hand at a time. Every- so she Listen. claims she's she talked a lot last week about being fine, but I don't know. It doesn't really, it doesn't track. So. Listen, objectively, everyone knows that the 20 ounce bottles are better than literally <laughs> any other kind. The 16.9 ounce organs agree or do they exist still or they stopped making sounds a long time ago, but <laughs> here's, here's what happened. Okay. This week I got some 12 ounce bottles. I drank those so much faster than the bigger bottles. That is such a problem. That is such a problem. <laughs> You're right. It is a problem, Anna. They shouldn't make 12 ounce bottles. Right. So, that was my problem. Is that yeah. the little, little like halvesy bottles? Yes. Or? The ones that Jane Ellis calls mommy baby. Yeah. Mommy's well, baby. Okay. So Older she's mommy, not like people call that as like passy. So that means she sees it in your mouth all the time. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Um, Anna Blair calls it Dr. Soda. So they know. They yeah. know. Okay. Well, I just can't wait for the notes to come home because <laughs> I um, took Milan to a well check this week. And of course, you know, she asks what kind of food you drink, what kind of, maybe I should save this for the good idea segment. Oh yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I'll just say it now. She, she was asking what kind of stuff do you like to drink and you know, water, milk, blah, blah, blah. Do you drink soda? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> you like, don't. I only give them soda just because we don't ever have it like so rarely so like if i order Domino's, i also order a two liter of coke because if you're gonna jump in jump into the deep end like it's okay, okay. silly so anyway but he's i'm like ah who gives you coke who gives you soda ha <laughs> tell her and he's like mommy by soda, by soda he i call green juice soda he I just call, doesn't understand i call water with extra vitamins <laughs> but he was like mommy gives it to me and i'm like lol you mean nana because <laughs> like my mom is always like she's addicted to diet mountain dew like you're addicted to diet dr pepper okay well and- mountain dew is trash nan and everyone knows it but 
she, I'm like, haha, that's so funny you're saying that because I literally never give you soda, but Nana gives you Diet Mountain Dew. So <laughs> we only see like, Nana once a year. <laughs> exactly. So just beware that it's never a good idea to do anything nice for your kids because they'll throw it in your face <laughs> at the doctor's office. But I love our doctor. She's so chill and she's like, that's what Nana's are for. And I'm like, well, that's, oh, that's very true. So anyway, it's all, it's all, you know, it all tracks. <laughs> well, since we're, since we're dropping this segment, up up top i will also just mention to make you feel better that i <laughs> also am concerned about notes from school um because i accidentally called <laughs> oh no I, i'm i can't get through it you already know it but i accidentally <laughs> so sorry oh my gosh <laughs> don't edit any of this out it's amazing <laughs> i am so sweaty in this sweatshirt um <laughs> You went too hard too fast. That's right. I accidentally called Anna Bl- <laughs> Nipple Face. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let me Just, pull myself together. D- why? Why bother at this point? Like what's what would well, be the point? The, <laughs> Where are you porch over at this point? Like <laughs> This is the porch. I can't even talk. This is the poor child. <laughs> you need a diet Dr. Pepper to bring it together because this is the moment where we really need to discuss some things. Like, first of all, why? Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. So your mind? Mind? This poor child, I've already called her douchebag accidentally. <laughs> if anyone wants to know who has middle child syndrome, yeah, study Anna Blair. <laughs> oh my gosh, bless her sweet angel face. So we were putting on. We went to the pool on Sunday in like fifty-eight degree weather. Yeah, and she put on her bathing suit. And the way that she always tells me that it fits is by telling me it covers her nipples. So okay, <laughs> you know, sure. also fine. <laughs> and again, I was just in the moment of trying to get everybody ready, and <laughs> I can't handle this. I don't know where I came from. I usually just call it whatever, where I'm like, okay, little brownie pie, you know, whatever. Right. So she was like, I'm ready. And I was like, okay, okay, nipple face. It's like, which is better, Dave or nipple face? Like, who even, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But I just kept thinking, she is going to turn around and call somebody a nipple. A hundred percent. And I can't wait for the teacher. Because it's obviously at that point going to be like a teacher conference. Like, there's no way that doesn't get you called for into the sure. school. That is not a note home. That's a like, can you come in and talk to right. us early? Because like, if Maya came home, it was like some kid called me a nipple face. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, well, Caroline's children aren't in her class. So the next so it- thing that comes to mind is like, someone has been exposed to something they weren't supposed to be. I need to call someone. <laughs> yes. Well, if you're looking for new terms of endearment, I do not recommend asking me because so far I've come up with douchebag and nipple face. time around you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, either, either one. And I don't know why I lost it so hard just trying to retell it, but I just picture like teeny tiny precious Anna Blair with her well-fitting bathing suit hearing sure from her mom sure it is <laughs> it really isn't but uh just you know being like oh yeah i remember when my mom used to call me nipple <laughs> and you know i don't know that's just where we landed this weekend that's just so, that's it that's uh that's where it's at so i'm so sorry for those hysterics yeah I, it, we did our uh it's a good idea <laughs> segment up front this weekend so you're welcome for that. You're welcome, little, <laughs> little nipple surprise. faces. Little yeah. nipple faces little, everywhere. Little <laughs> um, oh my gosh. 
Was I there, don't know where we go from there. I think maybe a break. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe nipples require a break. <laughs> yeah, I have other things to mention in this segment, but I I derailed us a little bit. Okay, maybe a quick breather, and then we'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, we've collected ourselves a little bit, um, and I wanted to share, <laughs> yeah, you know, as much as much as we can. Right. Um, a listener last week recommended that we get sitters and park ourselves in front of the TV um, and watch Imposters on Netflix. And as mm-hmm. I mentioned before, we've been in between shows and we are maybe six episodes into Imposters. And I highly recommend it. Are we um, talking 30 minutes or an hour long episodes? Uh, they're like 38 minutes. Okay. So some somewhere squarely in there. Um, I described it to you as like white collar mated with the blacklist. Mated with the blacklist. <laughs> but also allows cussing because it's not a cable show. Right. Um, at first, we couldn't figure out if it was like a comedy, if it was like hijinks, like what it was. But it is right. kind of all of that. We, You and I decided last night that we are really liking the con artist niche right. of, of entertainment. Um, and I this lands from Scam Goddess. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, and Knives Out. Like this yes. really like, lands in that category. Um, right. It is very funny, but also like very plot driven. So okay. like, I am dying to check that out. And I will next. I just finished um, The Duchess on Netflix as a more oh. of a lighthearted. Okay. There's only six episodes. Um, very a friend neat. texted me about that today and asked if I'd seen it. Yeah, it's it's very different to me. It was just a nice. It was light, like it's a lighthearted okay. show. And then my sister in law has been like pressuring me for like weeks now to watch Money Heist on Netflix. Okay, um, it's a Spanish show about a heist, and it's it takes place in blah, blah, it takes place in Spain, and um, so it has English subtitles. Which I don't know. I I guess I'm liking. It, like it is a very intelligent show, so I guess okay. I'm liking the challenge to my brain to like yeah, yeah. take it all in so quickly. <laughs> and um, the show in Spanish, it's La Casa de Papel. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> which all right. I think means like paper house or something. Doesn't that it doesn't that mean pa- yeah. house of paper? Which to me sure. reminds me of House of Cards. Which yes. it is definitely a very schemy show, and like you never really know what's going on. And I love that. Okay. So I recommend Money Heist and there's a couple seasons, but they're called parts. So everyone has to be different. (laughs) Um, Well, I was also, well, one, I have been wanting shows where I don't just watch them as I scroll my phone. I've been like super aware that I do that. So I, one half of me is like, oh, I don't want subtitles because I want to be able to zone out on my phone. And then I'm also like, well, I don't just want background noise if I'm watching. I want, right, you know, something. So that's a good one. Yeah. And then you and a friend mentioned to me, um, Heather, who was previously on our show, um, both commented that Ted Lasso is very good. Yes. Have you started it? No, I haven't yet. I truly think you and David will both really like it. It's, It's also very interesting. Like, it's a comedy, but it's also got like very, you know, serious themes. And um, uh, what's his name? Who's married to Jason Sudeikis? Yeah, Jason Sudeikis is the um, titular character. And he goes to London or not London. He goes to England to coach a soccer team and he's a football coach. So it's just it. interesting along the way. And that's another one that's it's also pretty smart as well. Like there's a lot you don't know that's going on. Um, there's a lot of just like uh 
women are stronger together vibes um, from interesting places, like characters that you wouldn't quite think that you would see that from. And I just like it. Like it's, it's a good show. Like it's, it's a show that you, it's like a feel good show, but not in like a nineties romantic comedy way. You know what I'm saying? Okay. okay. Yeah. That's a good description. Yeah. It's like, I don't, quite know how i would categorize it but it's it's a really i like i enjoyed it quite a bit um that's great well maybe we'll start that um the day that this comes out is actually david's birthday so happy oh, birthday happy david. birthday david the ultimate hype guy um he's the best but maybe i'll gift him with watching that show yeah, <laughs> that show for yeah. i truly think i truly think you would both like it um the other one that we just tried because my mom recommended it and like a, a few i think a few other people did was um raised by wolves on apple tv Plus, i've never even heard of that it is so weird <laughs> like okay. it's such it looks like a sci-fi movie that was made the exact same time as the very first star trek series was made like what was okay. that like, 60s or 70s whatever it is i don't want to sound like star trek fans will be yelling at yeah exactly exactly um it's so weird i don't get it i don't get the hype but ridley scott directed it whom i love and i named we named our dog after like i'm like i was shocked when i saw that he's the one who directed it we didn't get past the first episode however it's like kitschy it might be it's a sci-fi futuristic kind of thing it might be up your alley it's not mine not yours uh, not well, not yours listeners maybe yeah, oh, <laughs> you yes. won't like it okay perfect i won't <laughs> it was, even try it's it so, no it's so interesting um the main reason i probably watched it was because i really like um oh what's that guy's name was in vikings another one i didn't watch i don't know right uh the main guy who's in vikings the main viking <laughs> for like most of the seasons I, I think he's not in it anymore i don't know um travis fimmel got it uh okay. uh he's he's in it anyway it's very it's very interesting if you watch it and you like it dm us i would love to hear thoughts on raised by wolves (laughs) sounds good i think i mentioned this last week i can't remember we are in the second season of the boys on prime you haven't watched that talked about that before though i want to watch it is dark 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 yeah but it is very good and continues to be very good how they have continued to drive this plot forward um with the number of twists that they have i don't know but it is love twists excellent. i love twists is it really gory yes hmm is there like is it like torture gory kind of they there are people who die and they die in a pretty gory way but it is almost because it is superheroes doing it it is almost comic book like okay you know what i mean like, like watchmen the, the yeah, first movie watchmen yeah i have to i cover my eyes during those parts because right. there is a decent amount of gore slash torture okay but it's they're not prolonged scenes they're like short okay i'll have to check it out there's just like know. very specific types of things that i'm just like i won't even enjoy this like i but i don't well, like that I that one has gotten such good reviews I think because, I don't think that's the kind I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's not like torture where you would be concerned that you would get kidnapped and tortured. It's like if a superhero unleashed all of their worst superpowers on you and that's what killed you. Right. Like okay. being lasered in half, but like seeing it. You so know what I mean? It's like seeing people do the Cruciatus curse. 
It's not like someone's yeah, like with more blood tied to a chair and like yeah yeah yeah. It does someone, not seem like, opens like, up like a toolbox of like gruesome looking tools. Yeah, it does not seem like oh, in all of my nightmares that could happen to me. Right. Okay. It's all like right. in this very alternate universe. Right. Sure. Okay. That's so weirdly specific, but I feel like I get what you're talking about. I definitely want to give it a try because it looks, I, I, I can't get, I, I love twists. And I think too, because I don't know what it is. Like, it's not like I'm, motherhood can be mundane. <laughs> so I think I, I, I die for like the, uh, I don't know, just like super intelligent, like twisty stuff that makes yeah, you yeah, think yeah. like, I love stuff like that. Cause otherwise I will go crazy with just, well, I will say this. I don't usually like gratuitous gore in right. things to me. It usually is compensating for poor plot or right. poor character right. development. This I would categorize as gratuitously gory it does not make me want to watch it less. Okay, cool. I am going to so, check it out. I'm going to check out. I'm, I'm, I'm watching uh, Money Heist. Oh, this is the other one I watched. I've watched a couple episodes of. I really, I feel like I like don't watch TV. I don't know what's happening. I know. I feel that way too. I'm like, I'm like I really don't watch that much. Like. <laughs> right. But the minute the girls go to bed, I'm like, TV on. <laughs> right. No one talked to me. Um, yeah. Away with Hilary Swank on Netflix. Oh, I have heard good reviews about it. It's but tell me. Tell very me about it. gripping. Um, oh, it's this story about uh, who's the guy who I said David looks like? Josh Isaacs? Is oh, Josh, Josh Charles from Charles. The Good Wife. Josh Charles from The Good Wife. Right. That's what he's in. So, um, he plays Hillary Swank's husband. And then there are lots of other faces that you'll see and kind of recognize um, from, I don't think there's any other Oscar winners. Um, nor do I know if Josh Charles has yeah, won I was any about awards. To say, what is <laughs> I was thinking of Hillary Swank. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was um, like, what is Josh Charles? <laughs> but it is fascinating. It's Hillary Swank is on the first team to go to Mars and set up a life, like a camp, I think, or a base. Um, so it's just about the journey from the start. And she has like a teenage daughter and it's a three year mission. And oh, wow. um, it starts with a few flashbacks. I mean, like it starts kind of somewhat like mid, mid, to the beginning of their journey and then kind of goes back to how they got there. And a lot of stuff happens at home as well. And it's just to me, like realistic of like, if you worked your whole life to be an astronaut and this was your biggest goal and you also had a family along the way and ah. then you got pulled in a bunch of different directions, but this was also your greatest goal and your greatest ambition you know, not letting anything get in the way of that. But, you know, Hillary Swank to me is just so good. And then all the characters add something like it's um the way the team is set up. It's like, uh, what, like, I don't know, like six or eight people and each of them are from a different country. So, yeah. um, cause the, it's like a world effort to like go to Mars. So it. it's, it's just a very cool, like everyone's, everyone's got kind of something going on that you want to like, you're like, Oh, I want to dig into her story or his story or whatever. <laughs> so that's things. very good. I have two things to comment on that. Okay. One, I can never hear Hillary Swank's name without um, the office episode where they're all trying to decide if Hillary Swank is hot or not. Do you remember that oh, episode? No. I don't. That an episode. I never like remember that because you said it. I remembered it, but I would never. It's so it's have like such a specific plot line that the writers <laughs> are like. I know. <laughs> Let's talk about Hillary Swank. Right, right. Also, as you know, uh, maybe listeners don't. I did mention it lightly last week. I've been spending a lot of time on flat earth 
accounts. <laughs> and I would, <laughs> I would quickly like to remind you that NASA means in Hebrew to deceive. Right. So maybe was, all of this is imaginal for everyone. <laughs> because I don't know. I guess it wouldn't be hard to go to a movie studio lot to pretend you were on Mars for three years. Right. Hillary so, Swing did it, honestly. Yeah, so obviously. Prove it, everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just as a as a note as you're watching, yeah, just remember. As a note, that. since we know you tune in here for the intelligent commentary, <laughs> <laughs> Caroline is ready. <laughs> if you want to talk conspiracy theory, I am oh, here. Yeah, totally. Um, all right. Well, that's what I've got. Other, I don't have any book updates because, again, I'm reading what you told me to read. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, I'm literally reading Never Have I Ever and This Won't End Well. Oh, yeah. Uh, again, I think you talked about both of them last week. Um, and so far, I'm hooked. I'm way more hooked into This Won't End Well. I don't know. Something about the beginning of it grabbed me. Never Have I Ever, I can't put... I can't stop. Like, I won't let myself stop it, but it drags in some places. It does. It for sure does. Every time it really drags to the point that I was like, I am putting it down, something would hook me back in. Um, <clears throat> I have been reading Emma Straub's Modern Lovers and got, I was like 40% through it and then it expired. And I don't know if I'm going to check it out again. If you've read it, let me know if I should check it out again. I just couldn't quite get into it. And I have noticed so Half of it is told from a parent's parents' perspective, right. multiple parents. The other half is from like teenagers having a love interest thing. And I'm just not that interested in a teenage right, perspective of right. falling in love. I'm right. just not. I'm it's, old. Yeah. It's also weirdly voyeuristic. It's, like, it's exactly like creepy voyeuristic. So I may not check it out again if right. I should tell me. But I did finish Harmony um, about like kind of a cult family dynamics, lots of points of view. Right. And I do recommend that. Cool. Well, that's all I've got, I think. (laughs) Okay. Well, we're going to take another quick break um, and come back and we are going to talk, spoiler alert, politics, particularly in Mm -hmm. light of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So this and her death, but this may be the point that if nipple faces didn't do you in earlier, this may be the point that you might not want to listen with kids. Yeah, up to you. Um, It's not like we're crazy or anything. Just, I don't know, up to you. And we'll be back. Okay, so Friday. Friday? Friday. Yeah, Friday night. um, We all, everyone got news that Ruth Bader Ginsburg sadly passed away at age 87 after a lifetime of dedication to our country and to the rights of every person living in this country. Um, The things that she's done for us are immeasurable. And we, we could never... We could never appropriately thank her for that. We could never appropriately pay her back for spending her life in public service and for thinking of us on her deathbed and thinking of the American people and how we would have the most fair time moving forward um, in a time when she should have been at rest, in a time when she should have been retired. Um, You know, but she there is no question that she kept working and moving and kept going through cancer and in old age, like for us. And, um, there's just so much, of course, anytime anyone passes away, stories come out where people are like telling you something 
you know, something that you didn't know about that person. Like, well, I used to intern for her and she did this amazing thing. And I used to, you know, this came out when Kobe passed away as well. And when Chadwick Mm -hmm. Boseman passed away. Um, and it does suck that you, you focus on these people and their good work so much more after they've passed away. But what kills me is that Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death was marred by, um, this immediate fear like we could not when she died it wasn't a profound sadness that settled on me it was a profound fear and this immediate concern for oh my gosh what does this look like like for for a long time now i occasionally will just think about it and think oh my gosh if something happens to her we're screwed because the supreme court for whatever reason appoints judges appoints justices for life which is absolutely absurd so if she if she passes away you know god forbid we will be stuck with a third supreme court justice under donald trump as president which is completely insane um just because you know i don't i don't have anything to say at all about uh neil gorsuch i mean i think he He's a conservative leaning judge. I probably wouldn't agree with a lot of his decisions, but it does not. I mean, he got confirmed. I don't think anything came up about him. No, I mean, um, I think that was a very um, low news making. Right, right. It was mainly the thing with him was that it felt so unfair because it yeah. should have been Merrick Garland's seat. Um, in case you haven't seen this all over your timeline or remember history, when Barack Obama was president um, and um, Justice Scalia passed away, it was Scalia, right? Uh huh. He passed away nine months before the election and Mitch McConnell immediately vowed that no appoint, no judge would ever get no nominee from President Obama would ever get a hearing because he shouldn't be able to he shouldn't be able to name a justice when he's in an election year and the people should decide. And if the people were in the process of deciding a new president, they should also have a hand in the Supreme Court justice, which if he weren't such a. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. If you weren't such a trash human being. Okay. I, that's where you landed. That's okay. pretty, I'm trying to make it like mild. <laughs> Cause like <laughs> nipple face. Yes. Yes. Um, it's not that that like, if it was like right now, if, if it if it was like November 1st and he was like, Obama can't appoint someone like, Okay, I don't know. Yeah, it would it would take a lot of time. He wouldn't even be. But like to not to completely block that and refuse to even have a hearing. That was, I think, the main thing with Neil Gorsuch was like, it's just it was a stolen seat. That's not that that wasn't fair at the time. But that's the rule he made as the person who could make that rule. And now he's (laughs) immediately saying that he's not going to follow that rule, which is just the name of like hypocrisy is the name of the game with the current Republican senators. And um it's just there's this element of women's rights, uh, the rights of LGBTQIA people and um, immigrants rights being stripped away. Uh, the possibility of that for a lifetime, like having to fight for things for the lifetime of a very young of a very young person, because now the Supreme Court is leaning a little younger. And then on top of that, to see people on Instagram talking about. Ruth Bader Ginsburg as if it isn't important that she passed away or as if she wasn't, you know, because she, you know, maybe she didn't stand up for one decision that you don't like, you don't value her life and all that she dedicated. And I just, I I don't know. 
take the tag, mic. Tag, take the yeah, mic. I was gonna say, tag, I, tag I, me I, in I, here. Like, I gotta take a sip of water. <laughs> yeah, tag me in here because what I saw on Instagram this weekend truly horrified me. Um, because it was not just a tone of we aren't going to mourn her or honor her in a big way. Right. It was we and and I will say I told you this. I felt like I kept having this internal conversation all weekend and like woke up this morning in the middle of a sentence in my head of like right. and furthermore. Yes. I want to make th- this disclaimer very clear before I continue talking. I consider myself a conservative leaning Christian. That is where I see things from. That is how I was raised. It's it's what has stuck with me. I will no longer since the last four years, call myself a Republican because what I've seen from that party has truly sickened me mm-hmm. to the very core of my conservative-leaning Christianity. I also am not quite comfortable enough to call myself a Democrat yet, so I land somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. So as I'm looking through my Instagram feed and I follow many conservative Christians as just part of you know who I follow – And to see the verbiage that I saw this weekend of this woman, we need to celebrate that she is gone because she is responsible for millions of babies' deaths. And only we hope that she had a, you know, moment of transformation before she passed away. I felt so disgusted with where our side of Christianity and faith has landed in, and I don't even know, I don't even know where to start because- I feel like we have allowed politics to define our faith instead of our faith to inform our politics at this point. Right. And that is a dangerous, dangerous, slippery slope. And please hear me, conservative Christians. We no longer can vote with abortion as a single issue of how we define our votes, our politicians, and what we choose to ignore from the side that we choose to support. It does not work any longer. You are ignorant if you believe that Republicans do not also finance, fund, or underwrite abortions in the plans and deals that they make on Capitol Hill. Oh, totally. You are so, so far outside the lines. Furthermore, (laughs) as I woke up saying this morning... You, when you use abortion any longer in 2020 as a defining vote factor, you are making religion one dimensional, which is not what Jesus, who we all are declaring in our faith as the Lord of our life, came to do. Gospel is so much more nuanced than that. And by saying, I will vote against abortion, you are also saying at this point, in our lifetime, you are voting against women's equality, mm-hmm. humanity as a whole, right. and general decency to the human population. Yep. I am. I do not agree with abortion under any circumstances. If mm-hmm. you would like further evidence of that, listen to our abortion episode. However, I have decided that while that is not something I allow, it will never go away. It was introduced into humanity. It will stay in humanity, whether it is legislated or not. It will happen just like marijuana, just right. like there are other issues. We have to move beyond that to protect people who Jesus in gospel came to save. Thank you. And Here just as a quick note, that was so good. And I really respect the way you could say that just without stumbling like I always do. Um, just a quick note on abortion. I'm... 
bummed that you didn't mention the title of that episode because it's my proudest accomplishment of this podcast. I couldn't remember it. It's called The Elephant in the Ladies' Room. Oh, that's very good. Um, good. We are both very proud of that episode. And I think if you are curious at all about our thoughts or if you're thinking, you know, you think you know what we're going to say, if you haven't heard it, just go listen. Um, I have a post coming out on the site just about single issue voting and abortion. But the gist is this. If you are anti-abortion, you should not be voting for Republicans because the data shows that abortions go up quite a bit under Republican presidents and Republican led governments. This is because in under Democratic governments, social programs are more funded and abortion is not a single issue in and of itself. And again, like you said, they have been happening since the beginning of time. And if we make it illegal, it will still happen and it will still be life endangering for, it will be more in life, more endangering to human life. Yeah. So I will write more about that and we can have a conversation about that for sure. Um, but if that's the hill you want to die on, you're dying on the wrong hill. If you want to prevent abortions and if you want to save lives, there is a there is actually a way to do it. We can actually do that. We don't need to just say on our Instagrams that we just need Jesus in this dying world. You can do something about that. It yeah. has been proven. And um, uh, train of thought. Did you want? Were you going to break in there? Yeah, I was also going to say again another. Furthermore, um, one thing that our pastor at my church talked about this weekend, which was not in any way related to Ruth Bader Ginsburg to the upcoming election. But I thought it was an interesting note that when we talk about abortion with a lot of biblical power behind us, and I also do not think that God smiles on abortion. I'm not saying that in any sense of the word, but it was brought up that 307 questions were asked of Christ when he was on earth and he answered eight of those. However, I feel like we who are right-leaning Christians walk around with a whole lot of conviction about a whole lot of things Mm -hmm. that were not addressed in Scripture. And I believe that if you are also someone who believes in this faith, you know the gift of wisdom and discernment and a lot of different things that are open to interpretation. And I, again, will never say that I believe that abortion is the right thing, right? but I also think we need to be entirely more careful about what we go around saying God told us or God knows. Yeah. It just, it is not ours to know or understand and it cannot define what we know as truth in 2020. Yep. Thank you. And you know, the thing that probably got me, one thing that got me super fired up this weekend was someone posted um, a video at what I can only assume was like a giant worship conference uh, mm-hmm. or gathering. I don't know. And what frustrated me first was it was a ton of people in one space, no masks and no social distancing. Problem number one, sure. um, just so many people. I mean, as if it was like, I mean, do you remember going to uh, the Palladium at Carowinds for oh, concerts? Do I ever? I saw Lee Greenwood sing God Bless the USA uh, in, in person. Okay. Classic. Um <laughs> But yeah, so it was like, I mean, I would say like most of like the amount of people of like most of that area. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, And then the caption was, um, say whatever you want about Trump or RBG. All we need is Jesus. And I can't like I can't sit with this. Like, that's the point that I have to like put my phone away because 
who are you to tell me I need Jesus? Jesus was a radical zealot. The church was not a fan of Jesus. By the way, they were also not a fan of Martin Luther King Jr. So let's like relook at our history before we like put these people up on a pedestal and claim them as our own. The church did not like Jesus at the time. He came and made a whole new church. So what what I see is people just not liking the discomfort of having to examine their politics and their voting and like just voting with party over person. Like, fine, if you voted for party over person last time, this is a different four years And Mm -hmm. we now see how insidious that can be. That person you voted for is a fool and he is an evil fool and people will not stand up to him. So you have the blood of all of these people like, you know, now, you know, you have the blood of these people on your hands if you do not change that vote in November. And if you want to save lives, if you really are pro-life, there are lives at stake. There are lives of children at the border who are getting separated from their families and who are getting molested in ICE detention centers and who are are being forcibly sterilized. Yes. These um, the story just came out about women being forcibly sterilized. Um, A very brave nurse came forward whistleblowing Mm -hmm. that scenario. And um, there are plenty of black mothers who are terrified for their sons and husbands just being out and about and for themselves being out and about and lots of black life being lost unjustly. And the answer to that is not go and sing and pray. The answer is get your ass in gear, go and support your neighbor because Jesus said, love your neighbor. He did not say, love your church. He said, you need to love your neighbor as yourself. And it doesn't mean love your neighbor if you understand what they're going through and if you agree with it. And that's the thing that gets me so bad. You go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think both parties obviously are guilty of this, of pointing a finger at the other party. Like I think of that Spider-Man meme right, where they're right, pointing right. at each yeah. other, yes. you know, where I'm like, yes, anyone can interpret any quote from any time period where it suits them to make a point now. Right. And that, Sure. I just urge you to think about, especially women who I assume other than David are the ones who listen to this podcast, (laughs) that the ability that you have not to vote, but to have access to information, to have autonomy in what you vote for, to be present at a poll without your husband, these types of things are because of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who supported... um, you know, a pillar of different things that some you may agree with and some you may not. Right. And what you can I open a say, checking account because of her without yes, a husband you, or father. You can own a house. You can yeah. you can um, apply for a job without being sterilized and proving that you're sterilized. Right. Because you can work while you have a baby. You know, there are all of those things that I would even say if your vote doesn't change, that to me is okay. <laughs> I say that with a big asterisk. If you truly dig in and do the work and think outside of one issue, and for some reason with conservative voters, that single issue continues to be abortion. And the people that I see who are preaching this, it's not Black Lives Matter, it's All Lives Matter, are also the ones who are, um, you know, pro dismantling abortion and using that as a reason of like, so you're saying Black Lives Matter, but all these unborn babies don't. Right, right. I'm saying you're also supporting an agenda that does not give all life matter. It right. gives a laundry list of people who do not matter in that scenario. And so I would just please beg you to consider beyond that because I have 
friends who are educated and smart and say, I can never change my vote because of abortion. It's not that simple. Yeah, it's really not. And also... Um, a quick history note on abortion, which I know we've talked about before, but there is a specific moment in time when uh, the modern church became anti-abortion. It was not always that way for uh, Protestants um, because in the Bible, Jesus or uh, the authors of the books of the Bible largely refer to life uh, with breath. So they talk about right. God giving life by giving breath and that kind of thing. Abortion only became so meaning when a baby is born. So, um, Abortion became an issue in the church when schools were desegregated because a large amount of the white men in power, which we've talked about before, um, after the Civil War, the men who were in charge of the South at the time were not executed or put in prison. They were back in power within about two decades, making laws that now keep black people in prison and um, disproportionately and over police low, low income communities and that sort of thing. Um, I wish I could remember the year and I can do a little bit of research, but there was a time when they were trying to decide how they could have like make schools that were, they could decide who could come in because public schools were desegregated. And so the Protestants and the Catholic decision makers, I'm trying to think of the right word, basically a group of leaders met and decided they needed an issue to rally around. And it was literally suggested someone said, okay, what about abortion? Because Catholic people, I believe have, Oh, at least for most of history, been anti-abortion or most of yeah, they're anti-birth control in general, right? So they decided they could rally behind that, and so because of that, it's become this thing in the church of this pillar, and it has been used not for the church; it's been used for politics by politicians to say, no matter what, no matter anything that's brought up against them, well, they're baby killers, well, they're this, well, they're this, yeah. and it paints everything in that light, which is completely, I mean, and you and I have different beliefs on that completely, which you can hear more about if you listen to that episode. But ultimately, neither of us love high amount of abortions, like because right. abortions largely happen because people are feeling like their backs are up against the wall. They're feeling desperate. like they, right, they're desperate. And um, we, well, yeah. That again, we talked about it in that episode, so I don't want to just re-record that episode. So I'm sorry for for doing that by saying this there. And again, I saw it on account after account after account this weekend of people pleased that Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away by saying she celebrated abortion. And I think we need to again think in a three dimensional way that. I, yeah, somebody sent me when I raised a question about this very thing, a movement that does celebrate abortion. OK, I'm sure that is like a in, infinitesimal <laughs> a number. Right. Of it's like for people like uh, Chelsea Handler, who had that hashtag a while back that was yes, like, shout your abortion. Yes, yeah. Yes. Like problematic um, anyway. So, yeah, it's like <laughs> right. they're, they're not. <laughs> the but I I want to destigmatize the way people feel. I've never gone through an abortion, so I can only speak right. through what I would assume is the feeling and what I have read, mm -hmm. that there is not a like celebration that happens. Even if there is relief, right. it is clouded by many, many, many other emotions. Right. So to say that you can picture teeny tiny Ruth Bader Ginsburg cheering every time a woman gets an abortion right. is so such a fallacy. I can mm -hmm. like think through that. Right. No one is celebrating that. 
people are celebrating that women had decision-making power. Right. And whether we agree with what the decision is or not, ultimately, can we not all celebrate that that is the thing to be excited about for women? Right. Is decision-making power. Right. Um yeah, it's 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 all just very it's very hard to swallow. Um, mm-hmm. And having been raised in the church, it's very hard for me personally to um, sit with the fact that the history that I have and the people whom I have a history with are not on the front lines of this fight. To me, it is not it is not what I see as the mission of the church when Jesus came and made a new church. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when yeah. it's not to me, it's not. Um, I don't know. I, my my question is, how do you sleep at night? Like, yeah. how do you how do you let yourself forget about all the other lives? Like, how do you let yourself be okay with it because you're not sure if the body cameras were true? Or how do you let yeah. yourself be okay with it because, like, well, maybe I don't know, so called victims of police brutality, like who the fuck cares? They shouldn't, police are not judges. They shouldn't be Mm -hmm. killing people. And the data shows that it is disproportionately black people. Like you, I don't know how you argue against data. Like, even if you think these people committed a crime, even if you think every single black person who has been killed by police has committed a crime, which again, we have video evidence and, you know, evidence from bystanders for so many cases that that did not happen. They are not still allowed to do that. Even right. if they committed a crime, they are not, the police are not allowed to kill people. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's still not a thing. So like, how do you sleep at night? Like raising these people up on a pedestal, like they're, like they're um, faultless, like they're not yeah. also human. And that we also don't have a history of imprisoning black people and making women's decisions for them and not letting women have agency and persecuting the LGBTQIA population. Like these are all things that we have to grapple with and look at when we make our decisions. And when we look at how we were raised and how sermons were preached to us as children. Yeah. And no, I can with you. Like were there people of color sitting with you in your congregation? Were there like more, more than a small handful? Like was there <laughs> right, more than the one you just thought of? <laughs> right. Exactly. More than that one person. Was there like gay people involved? Were there women in leadership? Not just singing, not just right. children's pastors. And probably they weren't even called pastors. Right. <laughs> They're called directors because we directors, can't have them. Totally. Yep. So question it all. Because this is complete bullshit and it does not to me, like it upsets me to think about stepping into a church and trying to worship with people who would take life so cavalierly and then Mm -hmm. turn around and say that I take life cavalierly, if that's a word, because I vote for people who are quote unquote pro-abortion. What? Yeah. And for me, what it comes down to when you are bringing the faith element into how you vote. And again, my faith frames everything that I do. Mm -hmm. There is no question of that. It's how I talk to my girls. It's how Mm -hmm. I see everything. But my faith is based on a relationship. And all throughout the gospel, you see that Jesus came to build relationship, relationship, Mm -hmm. relationship. So when you're posting memes 
that have nothing to do with anything and are refusing to have conversation, but saying it's because the church needs to take a stand and refuse to engage in things. You are stripping away the very reason that Christ came to earth, which is to build a human relationship and engage with a God to be accessible even when he is ascended back to heaven, so you may maintain a communication line. So when we strip that element away, mm-hmm. we're missing the point entirely. Right. And I think also to settling in and saying like, you know, just feeling like um, there, you know, the, the verse in the Bible about being in the world and not of it, or the directive, I should say, mm-hmm. um, people take that to mean don't get involved. Yeah. Like for sure. And, you know, I think that someone, some people might argue with me about things like missions work and stuff like that, um, which is a totally different conversation. Um, But that is not (laughs) like Jesus, again, like you said, like he came to build relationships, he came to engage and he came to mix things up and he came to give a message and get involved. And to raise up people who would never have had a platform without his ability to right. do that and capture it in scripture. Right. He the, the prostitutes. The yes. Thieves. Right. He was a brown man, not a white man, like your Bible shows you, who raised up other lowly people to use a Bible <laughs> word. And that's yeah. not what you what a lot of people are supporting right now. And I just don't understand how the rationale I don't get the rationale. And if you are if you are at a place where you are not thrilled with any with either presidential candidate, right. which I understand our our pretend best friend Lacey um, from Scam Goddess runs a <laughs> very hilarious political commercial that uh, what what is it going to butcher it? But Joe Biden said you should shoot people in the leg and not the heart, right? To, to make a point, right? So, leg. If you are not loving Biden or Harris, that's or, okay. Yeah, I I get I get right. that. You know, I mean, we um, we talked a lot over the over the spring about how neither they were not our either of our first choices. I mean, sure, you're still considering writing in Bloomberg, I believe. So I'm no longer considering it. It is done. <laughs> it's a done deal. My my ballots in. <laughs> but typically, in the past, the only election that I cared about was the presidential election, right. and I did not vote or care about local elections. I would just either vote straight ticket mm-hmm. or whoever's name I liked best. I am just coming out there and saying it. You're not alone. That is, you're you're not alone at all. But I think that more than ever, this election, it is crucial to take a look at the other, um, what is it? Elections. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Basically, like your city, your state, uh, your town, every, right. Everyone who's up for election. And one of the things that's being talked about right now is flipping the Senate. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, one of the founders of Betches shared that, hey, probably Mitch McConnell will not not be reelected. It's he just has too much power, even though he is up for reelection. Oh, I can't. But what was super educational was instead of feeling like, OK, well, then that's over. There are 11 other critical head to head battles that are that will be happening One where those. One of them is North Carolina's where those incumbents are vulnerable. So again, even if you don't change your vote, all I'm asking is to consider another possibility and just see what happens because it took four years for me to make a change where I can even say I will not vote straight ticket. Right. Just 
please be nudged in a direction of education and research above the easy straight ticket vote if you were raised in a similar church household. Yep. I think that's I think that's really good. And um, I do think we could go on and on. um, But I think that's a really good note to leave it on. And there's a post up on the site as well. If you are thinking you want to get involved, um, there's a couple of ways. And a lot of people are posting stuff like this. Um, Definitely not (laughs) us being the only ones. So um, a lot of those ways are... I mean, it is hard for us. And I talked a little bit about this on the site, but it's hard for us to get involved right now. Like, it's just one more thing. um, And we really should be able to not stress out about our government every day. And one day, maybe we won't. But we have options. We have to we have to decide on those options. We have to do it in an educated manner and then we can move forward. You know, speaking of not having a favorite amongst the candidates, although I am getting very excited about Kamala Harris and we'll talk maybe more about her in, not maybe. We will talk more about her in the future. <laughs> um voting for a president especially is not like if I don't get exactly what I want, I'm not going to do it or like I'm going to make a scene and vote right, for right, right. someone else, you know, and yeah. that's not what this is. Like you you just go for the best option, <laughs> like go yeah. for your best option and then don't stop there. Like government is not a spectator sport and you should be like, you know, once ideally when Biden is elected, we're not done. Like right, continue right, right. to call and the, all of these problems that are in place now because we've been too complacent white Americans Right. then we need to keep following through with this and keep saying like, all right, well, we all got you here. Here are here's our list of demands. And, and yeah, and we live in a society that is it supports that involvement. And right. that is a privilege that many countries don't have. Right. And um, we should be pushing for way more of that. We should be pushing to make it very easy to vote. And our president should be making it extremely easy to vote, but he's not. He's making it harder. And there's a reason for that. It's because he knows that affluent white people will, as a majority, vote for him. And it will be harder on the low income people, the people of color, the people who have a harder time getting to the polls to cast that vote. We need to broaden the vote because this is not fair. (laughs) He already lost the popular vote. If a ton of other people get the right to vote, like prisoners, ex-prisoners, I should say, who've already served their time, and have somehow lost the vote, the right to vote for life. If, if, if groups, if very specific groups ha- have an easy time voting, the country will look different. And yeah. we need those differences because it's, it's, uh, it's enough. Like enough is enough. Yeah, I totally agree. So, um, do you want me to wrap up by talking oh, about I would, I actually have two more things oh, to say. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. One, I also, this was brought up um, by a friend of mine. It was in um, an educated disagreement conversation, but it's one that I actually do want to take a minute because it's a good point. Sure. We, I did not see nearly the same celebration for Sandra Day O'Connor when she left the Supreme Court. And I think often it is missed that she was the first woman on the Supreme Court. I've seen mentioned that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was the second, but right. I do think that we need to also say Sandra Day O'Connor also paved away, even if again, right. she yeah. chose more conservative decisions. The fact is she did as well. So I just wanted to, to spend one moment sure. and say, yes. thank you, Sandra Day O'Connor. Yes. You know, 
we see we've also seen all weekend that what made Ruth Bader Ginsburg so powerful was her ability to articulately dissent to the opinion. And we truly do welcome that as well. Hannah and I don't see eye to eye on all things political. And we want to hear from you as well, whether you agree with either of us, whether you agree with neither of us, we would love to continue conversation as well. That's hilarious. I was going to say the opposite. <laughs> Go for it. No, I was just going to say, don't DM me. I'm not changing my mind. <laughs> okay, well, just DM me. I run I'm the podcast account. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. When you send DMs, I won't see it for a while, except for when I go through. Um, I am. So one new thing we're starting for this new season of the pod is um, sort of like a partner post to kind of continue the conversation um, when we get like good feedback. So if you have... Um, feedback or anything you want to contribute to the conversation, um, shoot it to our Instagram uh, at a good idea pod or hello at goodideagirls.com and um, kind of get involved with uh, yeah the conversation. Agreements only. <laughs> Please, I, I'm not afraid. <laughs> I don't have time. <laughs> don't have Actually, time for I'll your disagreements. Probably, I'll probably agree with you. I'm very politically confused. So don't worry about it. <laughs> Um, so to close out this, uh, I'll just read this quote from our queen, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, that you've probably seen shared around, but it's just so powerful. Uh, she says, when I'm sometimes asked when there will be enough women on the Supreme court. And I say, when there are nine people are shocked, but there'd been nine men and nobody's ever raised a question about that. 